Welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Jeremy. And uh, today we're going to be talking about origins. Uh, we wanted to just kind of take some time to describe, um, I don't know, just why we started this and sort of the, the thought behind it, the kind of the, the backstory, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're both 23, so we are both, we're young, you know, we don't have the, um, the most life experience as, um, you know, other uh, resources for, you know, growth and content you may find online. So, you know, we both recognize that, um, we're all also both, you know, going through seasons of, of change, you know, um, Corey, uh, just you know, under seven months, just got married and he's, you know, advancing farther along in his career. Um, I, I myself just became a business owner, just got engaged. Um, and I'm also juggling another part-time job. So we're both just in a busy transition with a lot of change. Um, and so, and so with that, we just wanted to share, you know, we, what we're doing with starting this is, you know, we, we want to do something that matters. We want to, you know, start something that has an impact. Um, and it's, it's not just a hobby. It's not just like a fun, like off of the whim kind of thing. It's something we really thought through and, you know, we're both busy. I have a lot going on and we are, um, you know, we, we're deciding to make this a priority and, and to put time into this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we have a vision to be just a, a resource for Christian men to live life and work and to find community and, and, uh, and responsibility. But, um, you know, to, to kind of start out, I just wanted to mention sort of all the reasons that we shouldn't start it. Uh, just because, you know, there's always so many things that come up in our lives. And like Jeremy mentioned, we're both, we both work full time. Jeremy just bought a business and now runs a business. I work full time and have side projects and I'm, I'm married. I have a wife. Um, we have a dog, Remy. Uh, I mean, there are so many different reasons why we shouldn't start this, right? We're both young. Like who are we to talk about, you know, what it means to be a man and to give direction and to, to give guidance. Um, you know, it's costing us time. It costs us money to run. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's also a level of transparency and, and, uh, I mean, uh, there a potential for embarrassment too. I mean, just with the stories that we tell and the, the, the things that we share that might be, um, things that we're not proud of, or that maybe is, I don't know, a, a taken a look into our lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there's always a, an endless amount of reasons that we shouldn't start something that we shouldn't do something that we shouldn't follow through. Um, but we're, you know, kind of in a nutshell, we're both, we're both eager and we have this desire to, um, sort of scratch our niche and to create something that we think that will find a lot of, a lot of value for a lot of other men. Um, so we also want to talk about, you know, the state of, of manhood, right? Because we're the whole angle of this is that we're looking at it as what does it mean to be a man as a Christian? But if we look at men in society as a whole or even around the world um you know i wanted to pull some stats so i'm just gonna read this so i I prepared this for jeremy but um this is just kind of a look into what it's like to be a man today especially in in america um these stats are pulled from the internet there's some sources you can ask me for them if you want them later some of them have them mentioned in there but um but in general i think it's safe to say that men are struggling today um Men are four times more likely to commit suicide than women, uh, according to some data from Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, so it's legit, um, but four times more, so there's a lot going on there. One in 10 men struggle with thoughts of depression, suicide, or high anxiety every day. Um, 
According to some research, uh, approximately 64% or two-thirds of American men admit to viewing porn at least monthly, uh, with the number of Christian men nearly equaling the national average, um, which is a a pretty disappointing statistic, actually. Um, and so when, when you divide it up by age, looking at the dem- different demographics, uh, 8 out of 10 men between the ages of 18 to 30 view pornography at least monthly, at least two-thirds, so 67%, between the ages of 31 and 49 view pornography at least monthly. And then um, half of all men between 50 and 68 look at porn monthly. And I'm just going to go ahead and take a guess that monthly is conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you just kind of think about... Yeah, I feel like that's kind of low, to be honest. Yeah, like, it's like, was, hmm, like once a month. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean... And if it's monthly, like there's obviously a habit there. Mm-hmm. There's obviously some sort of stronghold that... Um, that the devil has in, in their lives, uh, some sort of sin, right? That's going out. That's not being dealt with. Um, here's a couple more statistics. So a study claims that three out of every 10 men between the ages of 18 and 30 are daily viewers of porn. Um, 3% of women, the same age, uh, report being daily, but, but three out of 10, so 30% of men, young men, 18 to 30 view porn daily. That's a huge statistic, right? There's a lot going on there. Um, and among men who claim to be Christian, so again, this is, this could just be nominal Christians, but, um, among, among men who claim to be Christian, 7% of men admit to viewing porn several times a day. I, so I lead a high school small group, um, and I, I, I've led different groups over the last like seven years. I've led different groups of young men, young boys. And, uh, one of my groups, this is about five years ago, uh, Every time we had like a message or like a serious conversation um, where we're talking about different topics, uh, porn would come up every time. Yeah. And I remember one night, so our group averaged about 18 to 20 kids. And I remember one night just throughout the group we're talking and I felt the urge to ask publicly like who in this room is looking at porn, um, you know, on a daily, if not weekly basis, like let's as a group confess and let's have open accountability. And so I just asked that question and I'll never forget there, I think there was 19 kids and 18 of them raised their hand. Yeah. And these were like the kids that come every week. And it was like a huge like eye opener, like, holy cow, like this is a huge deal. And a lot of those kids were like solid kids that I've known a long right. time, great families, um, really, you know, protected well. And so that was a huge eye opener for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's rampant. And even looking, uh, so this is sort of a, maybe a result of it. But it's just some more statistics. So the last known study, 64.3 million people um, was the estimate number of fathers across the nation. But the last known study was 26.5 million of that 64 million was the number of fathers who are part of a married couple and have family and have a family uh, with children under the age of 18. So basically, what is that? Uh, 55. That's like a third, a little less than maybe like 25 to 30% of, um, of men are fathers. So in a, in a, in a family currently, right? So you have 26 or you have, sorry, 64 million men that are fathers and only 26 million of those are fathers who are part of a family with children under the age of 18. That's a huge number of people who either aren't married anymore or aren't living with a family who have um, who are married. Uh, 
So that's a big number. Research by Beyond Blue discovered that 25% of 30 to 65 year old men had no one outside their immediate family that they felt that they could rely on. So men are lonely. Um, all right. So in, in general, we can just see that some of the observable trends are there's no role models. More and more time is being spent on work. Men are emotionally checking out. Men are struggling with addictions and with lust and, and other things like that. Um, manhood's in a, in a crisis, right? There's, there's not a lot of boys actually becoming men. We just have a culture filled with a lot of big boys. Would you agree? Yeah. And one thing I want to say, which I know we're going to get into more as we continue this, but so there's that side of it of like, there are people and families that, that don't have fathers, you know, yeah. they're, um, kids grown up without dads. So that's a big problem. Um, but then there, then there's a side of it of what about those like myself and you, you know, we grew up in, you know, generally in a nutshell, good, good families with um, good parents that, that loved us. And so there's that side of it as well. Even in those situations, there are still people, I think, grown up in, you know, in those types of families that still lack the type of fathering they need, um, the type of examples, yeah. type of um, just overall, yeah, a good father, you know, well-rounded, um, there's a lack and a need for something more. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so obviously there's, there's a lot going on in society and in the culture, but I mean, even for us, right. So truthfully, like this was kind of just something to scratch my own itch, just something that I wish existed for me. So therefore I'm going to do it. Um, but you know, I, I kind of wish that we didn't have to go through all the time and, and money to do it ourselves. I wish that someone else could have done it for us and that this was something already out there for us, but, um, but it's not. And so I'm an avid podcast listener. I got you into listening to some podcasts. I'm also an avid reader. Um, I'm an avid, uh, kind of online community. Uh, I don't know. I'm in a lot of online communities. So really it's just something that I wish existed for me, right? It's just something that I wish yeah, one yeah. thing we've talked about is basically having like a weekly small group you go to at church, having that yeah. like an online version of it. That's kind of what we've talked about of wanting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, you think of podcasts and just all the content on the web. Like, there's so many different things you can go to learn about and to gain knowledge. And for young Christian, so for Christians, like there is obviously resources, but specifically young Christian men, like focusing on that. Um, you know, there is not a whole lot that really no. is geared solely towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. And, and really, I think what it comes down to for me is that it seems like there's so much resource and there's so much wisdom and there's so much good content that unfortunately just stays within the church walls. And you see a lot of churches that create their own podcasts now and they'll upload, you know, their weekly sermons and Sunday sermons and things like that. But there's so much mentorship and lessons to be learned that's just kept uh, almost like it's secret. You know what I mean? It's just kept individually one-to-one. It's not publicized. And so I really want content for the next generation. You know what I mean? It's 2018. Everyone, their mom has a podcast. I live and work in the tech world and literally everyone has a podcast. I, I mean, I'm subscribed to like, it seems like a hundred podcasts at this time, but there isn't a single one for young Christian men, um, which is a bummer, right? I, this is something that I want. Uh, you know, everyone's creating all this cool t- content. Um, and it sort of feels like, you know, where's the church? Where are the men out there? Where are the, the Christian men who are out there trying to edify others? Um, and so, you know, it's not a replacement for a church in no way, but it's an additional resource, right? It's something out there that you can come to at any time, at any point. It's on the internet. Um, 
you know, there, there's so many new cool ways to consume content, right? It shouldn't just be kind of barriered into like a book or an article or a live sermon, right? But things like a podcast is awesome because you can access it anytime. You can access it privately. You can do it uh, publicly. You can play it in your car. It's mobile, right? It's very easy. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I feel like let's 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 speed this up let's catch us up to like 2018 you know what i mean yeah um also i mean a lot of this stemmed from my own story of getting married and so uh which i was the best man you were the best man yes out there and you were a good best man you were the best best man um the bestest minch the 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 bestest minch um so so some some of my story is i just very briefly, we'll, we'll do our testimonies in another episode, but very briefly, grew up in a Christian home, had a great life, parents provided a great life, uh, went was homeschooled for a while, went to a Foothills Christian school, uh, which is where I met Jeremy and a lot of other friends, got involved in our community, um, generally had a very good life, uh, had a lot of mentors, a lot of great people in my life. But when I started dating Monique, um, she was my first girlfriend, um, we started dating in college, and then when we decided to get married... You know, it was it was a big step that I knew this is what I want for my life. I knew that I wanted to get married. I loved Monique. I was crazy about her. You know, there there was no question that that was going to be the next step. And as we were as we were coming up to getting married, I think it was probably around the month before. So we got married in February. It was probably around like the new year. Um, when I was like, whoa, like this is actually happening. And I think that what it comes down to is it had never really hit me that. Like I had to take on this new identity as a husband and as a provider and as the second half of my wife. And I have like, I mean, a legal, but also a very moral obligation to another person. And, and to be honest, I didn't feel like a man. I still felt like a kid a little bit. I was, and not that there's nothing wrong with it, but I was living at my parents' house. I had a great job. You know, there was financial reasons for that and just no reason for me to move out in general but it just didn't it just didn't feel to myself inside like I was a man and so it was sort of like a, an identity crisis and um and so you know it was like this huge realization and I knew that it was probably normal right there's obviously kind of the you get the jitters before you get married and you get nervous and you get anxious and you know there's kind of the cliche about men running away the night before they get married because they're scared. Uh, and obviously I didn't do any of those things, but a few weeks went by after we were married and I still felt like there was something missing. Like, like, man, I still don't feel like I'm where I should be as a man. And I felt like the Lord gave me a word. I think it was, it was at the men's conference at our church. They did a conference for men and, uh, and I felt like the Lord gave me a word, um, about obscurity and this word of obscurity and about all the obscurities and a man's life that block him from becoming who God designed them to be. And I realized that there was some of those obscurities in my life that were holding me back from becoming the man that God had created me to be. And, um, and so I decided to pick up uh, my book again, wild at heart, which is all about kind of discovering who you are as a man, who, how God creates you as a man. Um, and it was really when I read this that it kind of kicked off for me and I'll, and I'll kind of summarize a little bit, but it's John Eldridge. He, he wrote the book wild at heart and he says very early on in the book, he says, why does God create Adam? What is a man for? He says, if you know something 
uh, if you know what something is designed to do, then you know its purpose in life. A retriever loves water, a lion loves the hunt, a hawk loves to soar. It's what they're made for. Desire reveals design, and design reveals destiny. In the case of human beings, our design is also revealed by our desires. Let's take adventure. Adam and all his sons after him are given an incredible mission. Rule and subdue, be fruitful and multiply, a.k.a. cultivate and keep. Here's the entire earth, Adam. Explore it, cultivate it, care for it. It's your kingdom. And it's like, he just says, whoa, talk about an invitation, right? Um, but, and I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave the rest for the imagina- imagination, but he talks about what is a man for? What does it mean to be a man? And it all goes back to that verse, Genesis 2.15, that says, then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And that's when I was like, wow, like this is what it means not just to be a human being and not just to live and not just to, um, not just to exist. Right. But what does it mean to be a man? Yeah. So, um, so I'm trying to think like for me, so uh, most of this was, um, I would say like spearheaded and prompted by Corey, um, this whole cultivating keep kind of what we're doing. Um, but you know, so I kind of have my own, backstory as well that was kind of what prompted it for me so um I I graduated college about 10 months ago and up until that point I had been working full-time and um going to school online just whenever I could to, to get it done you know nights weekends early mornings whatever it was just anytime I had I would do my homework um so during you know those four and a half five years of life I had a limited margin um to to uh to read and to learn about stuff that I wanted to learn about. And so when I finished school, it was like, okay, I can finally read the books I want to read and do the things I want to do. And so at the start of this year, I had a goal to read a book a month and I had been doing that and it was, it was good for me. And, um, you know, fast forward a little bit, probably to like April or maybe even May, you know, when Corey, we got breakfast and we started talking about this and he shared with me, um, kind of what he had been reading in wild at heart and all the stuff that was kind of being brought up and, the challenges being um, like newly married. And I remember telling him like, I don't really have advice because I'm not married, but here are my thoughts and I share some stuff. And I was just thinking a lot about the things he said about the book. And so I got a copy. Actually, I think I borrowed his copy, right? I and, think um, so, yeah. No, I think you got your own actually. Yeah, I think I offered it. I don't but. remember. But um, so I read it and I read it in like a week and a half, like really fast. Yeah. And it was like incredible, which I didn't expect because... I had heard um, a lot of people recommend this book to me, and like one thing about me is I typically, if everyone likes something, I don't like it. Right. I don't know if that's because I'm stubborn or what. I just like decide I don't like <laughs> it. I don't like it, and so I thought I wasn't gonna enjoy it. Um, but dude, it was like it rocked me like really hard. I remember it also, it, so it was hard to get into. Like the first, I would say, you know, fifty, sixty pages that I had read in like a day or so. Yeah, I like didn't love and I was like, okay, this is okay. This is, you know, whatever. And got to a chapter where it talks about, um, like identifying hurts you may have in your heart in your life. Um, specifically, you know, with your father, just, you know, as a boy growing up, it talks about identifying the hurts and how you get healing. And so at the time I was like, I don't have any hurt. Like I'm fine, but sure. Like I'll, you know, I'll do this. And so there's five steps and I walked through the five steps and I think by like step two, I was like just sobbing like a little boy, like <laughs> on my couch in my living room, just, just bawling, yeah, alone, just crying. And, um, 
it was so weird, weird, man. What I realized was, first of all, I did these steps and I did it with like a genuine, just, okay, I'm going to be real. And so I, I was real in my heart and I did it. And dude, the Lord just showed me like a, some pretty big stuff that was like in my mind and in my heart, um, that was from hurt as a little boy and stuff I never really worked through. And, um, the, the crazy part, what I realized was how much like that hurt and what was going on was influencing like my day-to-day life. And mm-hmm. I didn't really recognize it, but I realized like all these things that I do that I don't like and just all these things about me like came up and I was like, wow, like this is all because of this source right here. And so it's like a really cool just like realization of seeing how much um, like that chapter spoke to me and how much, you know, that hurt was affecting my life. And so it was humbling, but I, um, my first thing was, okay, so I, I texted or I called the um, the counselor from our church that I've known pretty well. So I called him and I said, like, let's meet, let's talk through some stuff. And so I like, got counseling for four sessions, which I hmm. never thought I would do. And it was, it's humbling to even talk about. But, dude, it was so, so good. And it was just basic stuff. But um, I think it really just, and this is all within the last, you know, four or five months. Um, but, I, I mean, I would say that's, like, not life-changing, but, like, really, really, like, impacting me for for the better. And so... Um, I'm sure we'll do an episode on Wild at Heart and kind of dive more into that book. But um, I just wanted to share, like, so for me, like, I'm grateful that Corey prompted me to read it. And um, I, I think as I read that book, um, it's it's got me more and more excited for Cultivating Keep and for this podcast yeah. and for what we're doing. Um, it's helped me to recognize the need like in my own heart as well as, you know, those around us. And so I just want to share that part. Yeah, I think... I think I tried to read it when I was in high school and I just wasn't, I, yeah. I just wasn't into it. I was like, yeah, this is kind of cliche. Like yeah. what does it mean to me? I don't know. It's just kind of like a bunch of kind of rah, rah kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was ready for it. And I, I think I was definitely ready for it after the Lord spoke to me and, and I just kind of prompted to like pick it back up. And someone had recommended that I read it um, after or like before I got married, I didn't end up reading it before I got married, but then after I really felt the burden to read it, um, you know, but it was a big thing for me too, like with the, the healing from the father wounds. Um, I, we'll save it for another episode, but, uh, you know, it was huge kind of the Lord revealing it to me. And, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, a father has such a huge responsibility and, mm-hmm. and such a huge obligation to his family and we're imperfect people. And so obviously there's going to be mistakes and obviously there's going to be mis- uh, wounds and there's going to be hurts there. Um, but it was huge for me just recognizing again what those wounds are. And I mean, I, I remember as I was reading, just thinking like, holy crap, like, you know, that's a wound. Like that's something I carry with me. Mm-hmm. That's a chip on my shoulder. That's, that's something that, um, you know, that, that, that I've been carrying around. It, same for me. But what, what I like really realized was like how much that's affecting my life. Yeah, and right. that to me is like, I think what was so sobering, like I'm living like a cheapened version of the life that I should be living because yeah. of this hurt that I haven't identified so yeah absolutely um and so you know a lot of what it comes down to is you know he just talks about how men have been uh through all these hurts through this lack of identity through a lack of direction men have been kind of pacified and and have a sense of a loss of identity and I'll just read really quickly he says you know for years of living in a cage a lion no longer even believes it's a lion Mm. And a man no longer believes he is a man, right? So there's just this kind of forgotten thing, like we've been cooped up in some way that that some sense of manhood that's been lost. Um, 
so we'll, we'll save the rest of that for, for later. But I feel like also part of it is just, you know, there's so much cultural influence as well that goes into it. Um, it's hard not to be influenced by the culture and by society and just the way that we grow up, the things that we see and that we hear in the media. Um, but a, a big thing for me is like, you know, we always hear growing up, especially as a kid, you know, your dad says something or someone else says something to you, like be a man, you know, or, or man up, like suck it up basically. Um, and our society and culture is just skewed what it means to be a man so much that it's like, you, you just forget what it actually does mean to be a man as a Christian. Um, and then you have all sorts of other social, you know, influences. Like, are we supposed to be more feminine? Are we supposed to be more sensitive? Uh, is it okay to, uh, you know, explore a sexuality? And you have all this sort of gender confusion. And then you have the opposite end of that spectrum where it's like, are we supposed to get, is what it means to be a man to get super jacked and, you know, eat pre-workout five times a day and just work out and be all buff and that burly and, you know, grow a beard. Um, but me and Corey both have nice uh, beards. We do have nice beards, but that's not what makes us a man. Um, right. The cultural um, definition of what it means to be a man has been skewed to be completely superficial. It's nothing about identity. It's nothing about spiritual. It's nothing about the mental part of it. It's purely the physical form of it. Um, right. It's It sucks, but it, the word man even is sort of a derogatory term in, for a lot of people in America, right? You have a lot of people that... It, um, what it means to be a man is synonymous with a pig or a bigot or I just learned this word the other day it's misogynist someone who actively ask what is that word yeah it, it, it sounds nice like you get a massage but misogynist is someone who actively oppresses women and sees them as someone uh, as a human being who's less than them um, right abuser discriminator pedophile manipulator right there's so many like bad parts of being a man so many bad examples of what it means to be a man in society. Um, I, so, I mean, I think it, what it comes down to for us is just that there needs to be a more open and honest conversation about manhood and about what it actually, like getting back down to the roots, getting back down to God's definition of what it means, means to be a man and to constantly be reminding ourselves of, of what that definition is and what it actually looks like to live it out every day mm-hmm. so that we're not influenced by the culture. I feel like what I'm finding is the like the more and more um, like older people that I spend time with, um, whether it's like my dad or friends of my dad or just older people that I happen to be around, whether it's from my church or work, whatever it is, um, I find that they like genuinely enjoy like talking to me and yeah. just sharing life wisdom and um, like having these open, honest conversations like they enjoy. It. And so I'm thinking like, that needs to happen like more and more with the younger people. So it's, it's mm-hmm. good to do that with older people, but like for me and you, our friends need to do this more often, have just regular open talks, um, whether it's about mental health, you know, marriage problems, finances, just insecurities and struggles. I think that's a, I think that's a huge one we don't talk about is what are we actually feeling and thinking like in our minds and in our hearts? And yeah. it's one thing to, um, you know, just talk with someone and, for me, it's easy to like play it off like I'm all like I'm good, like everything's fine. But like, what's actually actually going on in my heart? You know, I think it's important that we um, develop a habit to talk about that more often. Yeah, I mean that's something that men uh, naturally struggle with, is we naturally struggle to express our feelings and to get in touch with our, emo- our emotional side and and to uh, you know to talk honestly and and openly with with other men. Um, 
but we need to, right? I think that there's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of men who, even the, you know, their close friends maybe feel like there's some topics or subjects or things going on with them that they could never talk to them about. Um, but that needs to happen. That's part of God's will for, for their life. So instead of just hiding it, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we have an opportunity to be an example. Uh, this is kind of the, the origin story of cultivate and keep, um, subscribe, leave us a review, tell us what you think about our entry music. We love it. We think you'll love it too. Uh, you can find us on our website. We also have the online community at the Facebook group. Uh, there's gonna be links in the show notes. Um, anything else you want to add, Jeremy? Yeah. I just want to kind of say again, like, again, the point of this is, um, so I think wanting to, I would say like help ourselves and like help those around us. Yep. It's really, it's not that we feel that, you know, we deserve this and we're the ones to do it. We just, we simply think there's a need and so we want to help. And so I want to say that, um, if, if you feel like you want to be on an episode or if you, um, have topics you would love to, uh, to hear us talk about, you know, please, you know, let us know. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You can find us on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, especially, uh, you can email us, us at cultivateandkeep.com. Um, <clears throat> every time I'm going to say this. So it's us at cultivateandkeep.com. Yes. The email address. Corey made the oddest email. I thought it'd be easier to say because we could just or say, you say email us. At, no yeah. one's going to understand that. Like. Email us at cultivateandkeep.com. Anyways, we're just going to, we're just going to drive it into your brain. And then after a while we can just say email us at cultivateandkeep.com. Until we get no emails. No one. Yeah. But please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your feedback, what you want to hear about topics, questions, things you want to, even that you're struggling with and you just want someone to talk with. We're more than happy to do that with you. Um, but otherwise we will talk here to comes you the outro music. next. Cue it. Mm, just imagining it. Yeah. Don't sing. Otherwise it's going to wear in it. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. okay. Peace. Peace. Bye.